Hello, welcome to Tales of the Pale, Volume 1, my first ever podcast. Today I'm going to read Chapter 1 from The Love of Gods, which is the first book in the Legends of the Pale series. Chapter 1 Dismissed as a traitor to his race, Lugos preferred the company of modern man to that of his own kind. His reluctance to remain in contact with his kin was why he had ignored Ryanon's call the previous evening. But the Celtic goddess was persistent when she wanted something. So when he received two texts the following morning within 15 minutes of each other, Lugos reached for a cell phone before she had a chance to send him another. Or worse yet, pop in on him unannounced. He scanned the stark messages on the illuminated screen and his stomach nodded. His jaw clenched as he thumbed a terse reply. Is everything all right, Lou? He shoved the device back into his jean pocket and forced a smile for the woman beside him. Bad news. Family, I'd wager. Her tone was just the right balance of sympathy without pity. Keeley's guess was dangerously close to the mark. She was entirely too intuitive for his own good. Lugos opted for a very male, noncommittal grunt. Lou. Lugos easily registered the impatience she infused in the one word. He leaned back under the hood to feel along the seals and hoses leading to and from the radiator. I'm fairly sure you're going to have to do more to the radiator this time than a cheap patch, he told her hoping against hope that the car's problems would be enough to distract her from any more questions about Ryanon's text. It had never mattered what physical form her soul took or what circumstances had thrown them together. He unfailingly recognized her when he found her. His soul simply craved her soul. He would always be drawn to her light. It was that very light that anchored him, bound him to all humanity. That was her role. Without her influence, without her warm light, Lugos would have long since become numb to all but his own selfish needs, like the rest of his kin. Even after all this time, after being the cause of her death and suffering her loss time and time again, Lugos had yet to find the strength of will or discipline to stay away from her. He had, however, managed at least so far this time, to allow Keeley the freedom to live a relatively normal, mortal existence, free of knowledge of the pale and the dangers that being in his world entailed. It had not been easy on him. Currently, she was between bad boyfriends, and because of that situation, Lugos found that he could breathe again. Each morning was a gift to wake up knowing that no man had hurt her, or used her. None of them had the need to love her, cherish her, as Lugos did. None ever would. But Lugos had hoped that if he gave it enough time, if he stood by long enough, that some mortal might come along who was worthy of her. In this lifetime she was a brunette, and as fate would have it, his nearest neighbor. Five years ago they'd met by happenstance over a car and her ongoing boyfriend, boyfriend troubles. 
Her soul had been apart from his for nearly two centuries, and Lugos had begun to fear that the apathy of his kind had finally taken root in his soul. But while driving home one night, Lugos had spotted the 69 Mustang parked in Keeley's drive. Best offer had been angrily drawn in soap across the Boss 302's back windshield. Intrigued for the first time in a long while, he had stomped on the Audi's brakes. After introducing himself as Lou Hart to the twenty-something brunette who'd answered the door of the run-down double-wide, he'd inquired about the price of the car. With her hands planted firmly on her hips, Keeley had surprised him by saying, I'll take whatever you got in your wallet. He was amused and asked the determined Keeley, Is it yours to sell? Sure as hell is. Smartest damn thing I've done since hooking up with Carlos was putting that raggedy car in my name and not his lazy asses. Keeley's eyes had glittered with both laughter and satisfaction, a wicked smile teasing the corners of her lips. Lugo's heart had slammed painfully inside his chest as recognition struck him hard. And just that quickly, the world, his world, seemed to suddenly right itself. With little prompting, Keeley had gone on to confess that she'd kicked Carlos, her most recent mistake, out of the rented trailer for cheating on her. It was then that Carlos had made the fatal error of hitting Keeley, not once, but twice, leaving behind a bruised eye and a split upper lip before storming out. Keeley had prudently filed a restraining order against Carlos and was now selling all the man's possessions. This included his pride and joy, to which she did indeed hold title. It needs tuning a mite, but it runs, she told him, pointing at the car and waving the pink slip in her hand like a bullfighter's red cape. When he'd least expected it, she'd come back into his life. Lugos had grinned to himself while running his palm over the faded blue fender to disguise the joy and relief that had set his heart racing. The car was an excuse. He'd known it at the time. He would take money to rebuild it, and judging by the boyfriend's attempts at restoring the car's interior, it was money Carlos didn't have. What was also clear to Lugos was that the fist-wielding Carlos loved this automobile and would greatly suffer its loss. After glancing up at Keeley's battered face again, Lugos had also decided it was the first of many punishments he'd inflict on the mortal. I'm good with my hands. Tuning the engine won't be a problem, he'd told her. Reaching for his wallet, he'd then fished out what money he had and counted it before handing her $1,573. Lugos knew that it was more cash than she was used to seeing. The discrepancy between his financial circumstances and hers had given him a twinge of guilt. Had her existence in this world been the real reason he'd relocated from Europe to tiny Salem, Georgia? Was he so far gone that he'd felt her need and yet not known it for what it was? Ignoring her stunned expression, he'd then told her, Make out a bill of sale with the car's VIN number for the amount. That should piss off your ex. If you follow me to my house and then park the car in the garage, I'll give you another $10,000 in cash for your trouble.
A tremendous grin had appeared on Keeley's face before suspicion had crept in. You're not messing with me, are you? No, Keeley, the car will be worth much more once I've restored it. We're doing each other a favor. She'd like that idea. Fairness and justice had always been important to her. It was the one scale by which she measured everything, no matter the lifetime he'd found her in. Thrusting her hand out toward him, palm open, she declared, Deal! Lugos had then clasped her hand to seal the bargain and perhaps both their fates. It had been in that moment, in that touch of flesh on flesh, that he had known it wasn't just wishful thinking on his part. She had come to him again when he had been ready to quit his fight, to withdraw completely from the world, from all he'd worked toward. He was tired of the emptiness of time, tired of fighting for the betterment of humanity, and exhausted by the never-ending feud with his kin. But because her bright spirit was in his life once more, Everything felt new again. Thus far, Lugos had been careful to keep her at arm's length, satisfied for now that her soul was near. But fate and his own heart were a hard combination to fight. She would be drawn to him as well, but would not understand the reasons why. Though he'd tried hard over the last five years not to encourage Keeley, she tended to stop by his cabin on a regular basis these days usually with something for him to fix. Today the problem was with her late model Land Rover. It was overheating, something it often did in the Georgia summer heat. How much is it going to cost me this time, Lou? Lugos didn't have to see Keeley's face to read the worry behind the inquiry. Not much, he boldly lied while inspecting the engine. Rover parts were expensive and his Keeley had an independent streak that wasn't exactly in her best interest. He'd quote her an amount she could afford and then pay the majority of the cost without her knowing. That way he could satisfy the needs of both of them, his need to take care of her, and her need to, to believe that she was self-sufficient. I'll see if I can get a used part. Until it comes in, you can drive the Mustang, he said stepping back from under the rover's hood once more. He wiped his hands on the rag he'd used to check the oil level before brushing the back of his hand across his sweaty brow. It was that time of year again, when even Georgia mornings were hot and the humidity made you feel like you were breathing underwater. You sure? Because I don't want to put you out. Lugos grinned. It had always been so easy to please her. Not a problem, Keeley. I have to go out of town for a few days. When I get back, the part should be in. In the meantime, you've got a set of wheels to get you to and from work. Thanks, Lou. Damn generous of you. She gave him a playful slap on the arm. Tell me again why you don't have a girl. I'm too old for that kind of thing, he replied, closing the rover's hood with a bang. Bullshit! You're what, 35? If only... Lugos wearily thought. He reached into his pocket and produced the keys that had brought Keeley into his life. As old as the universe, he told her flippantly, averting his gaze as quickly as he dared. Ha! Huh. 
Keeley scoffed as she lifted the keys from his hand. The problem with you is you're all closed up, tight as a damn clamshell you are. No woman wants a mystery all the damn time, says the woman with the absolute worst taste in men, he teased her. Now, Lou, that's just plain mean, Keeley accused. Why'd you have to go and say that? She tried to pout, but Lugos had heard the humor wrapped around the complaint. It's true. So, so sad but true, he teased. In a dramatic huff, she turned on her flip-flopped heel and sashayed around the rover in shorts that were a little too short. Reaching through the passenger side window, she hooked her arm through the pocketbook's leather strap and slung the bag over her shoulder. Well, at least I haven't given up on finding me a good man, she called over her unburdened shoulder. She then opened the Mustang's driver's side door and slid in, tossing the purse onto the passenger seat in one fluid motion. Not once have I ever seen you with a girl, she added. The last word had been muffled by the slamming of the door, but Lugos understood it easily enough. After the engine roared to life, she cranked the driver's side window down and gave him a gave him a coquettish glance out the corner of her eye. He didn't mind her frankness. As a matter of fact, it was one of the things Lugos liked best about her. He could always count on his Keeley, saying exactly what was on her mind. Is that your way of fishing for a date, Keeley? He joked. She pursed her lips, rolled her eyes at him, a gesture he'd seen countless times in multiple lifetimes. Hardly. If I had wanted a date invitation out of you, I'd have already gotten one. She put on a pair of overly large sunglasses, adjusted the rearview mirror, and then flushed her hair. Watching her, Lugos chuckled. Despite the current hardships of her mortal existence, despite the superficial package, the essence of the woman he loved always managed to shine through. Once satisfied with her appearance, Keeley put the car in reverse and then slowly back to where he stood. She pulled the sunglasses down on her nose so he could see her eyes clearly before adding. Besides, for all I know, Lou, you're married or secretly gay. He raised one blonde eyebrow and tried to hide his grin behind an expression of complete shock. Does it have to be one or the other? Rich, good-looking man with a Christian heart as generous as the day is long, but no girl in the picture? Yeah, Lou, I'm thinking those are the only choices left, because you sure as hell ain't Jesus. He leaned forward, his hands resting on the Acapulco blue roof. Keely, tell you what, when I get back from this business trip, I'll take a chance on you breaking my heart for good by asking you out on that date you seem to want so bad. The two of them had been slowly inching their way toward this moment. Lou had known it the instant he touched her hand five years ago. Now it was her turn to laugh, a nervous little titter of unease. All right, will this date include a tour of where all the bodies are buried? She asked, accepting his dare. The soul remembers. The soul endures because it is not bound to the laws of time. The thought came to him unbidden, along with a hope he had no business nurturing. Lugos grinned. No, Keeley, that's second date material. 
She slid her sunglasses back up on her nose and put the Mustang in gear. Have a nice trip, Lou. See you when you get back. He stepped away just as Keeley pressed down on the gas pedal, his eyes and heart following her down the long blacktop driveway until the trees finally obscured his view. Long after the roar of the Mustang's engine had faded from his hearing, Lugo stood there. What had he done? The familiar path lay before him yet again, and so did the yearning to set his feet upon it. He had revealed his true identity to her many times. In each lifetime, there had been difficulties, but in the end, the truth of who and what he was had been something she had found a way to accept. He'd been called many names throughout his long life. Lugos absently massaged the back of his neck and tried to tap down the wave of frustration and longing her company always seemed to stir in him. How could he explain to a lifelong church-attending, hell-fearing Baptist like Keeley that the word God was just another honor, a title that had nothing to do with the concept of divinity she had been taught? None of his kin had ever been divine or all-knowing. The title had been attributed to them because of the extraordinary things they could do. Quite frankly, he had more in common with dark matter and stardust than he did with the mortal her spirit inhabited. Unlike so many of his kin who had fled this realm, Lugos had chosen to remain behind because of her. He'd chosen to nurture mankind while he waited for her spirit to return to him. Not long after he'd made that commitment, Lugos had set about hiding his true identity, his nature, his very existence. It was the only way to protect himself and her. No, her life would be safer not knowing this time. And as much as he wanted her, craved her, he needed to find the strength to protect them both. He'd have to avoid that date. Because if he didn't, the alternative would set them on a path that was simply too dangerous for both of them. Thank you for listening. That was Chapter 1 from The Love of Gods, the first book in the Legends of the Pale series. I look forward to reading to you again next week. Until then, have a great weekend and keep on reading.